welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. This morning is going to be a little bit different as we share what we're going to look like as a church moving forward as our whole nation of Aotearoa moves into the traffic light system, um, which is, um, you know, uh, it's restrictions on gatherings and, and how to meet and stuff. Um, so that's what we're going to be sharing about today. Um, and I've called it outside the box because I think um, as, as a family of believers, we've actually got to start doing life a little bit more outside the box. A box just simply means um, the way we've been doing it, um, the, the, the tradition, the usual, the familiar. So I'm um, going to be probably covering about three things this morning um, outside the box of um, our tradition or our, our usual thinking, outside the box of this church, uh, because this is pretty much a box um, that we're sitting in right now. <laughs> and outside the box of our comfort and complacency um, through challenging times in our, our lives. And it's interesting, um, in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 26, Paul um, is encouraging people that aren't married not to get married. Um, and at the start of that it says, because of the present crisis, it, I think it's best that you remain as you are. So uh, most scholars would say that at that time in, in the city of Corinth, there was intense persecution and it was very, very difficult for um, a family of believers to, to just go about normal life. So then he said this thing, because of the present crisis, and then he um, encouraged change that was momentary uh, uh, for that time. And I do think that this time, um, has, as COVID is ravaging the world and we're trying to live um, our lives as, as New Testament believers, um, We've just got to grab that idea of doing this well for the glory of God outside the box because of this present crisis. I want to say thank you so much for all of you guys that filled in the survey results. There was a very large proportion of our church whānau uh, completed those, and we just want to say thank you so much that you did that. And we as an oversight team were so proud um, if Christians can be proud, I guess we can in that context. Uh, we were so proud of you for your maturity um, and, and how you, you're thinking through this, uh, not just with uh, the, the most popular or the most common way of thinking this, but with, with seeking God and, and being led by the Holy Spirit. So we just want to say thank you for that. There were three um, main areas that I want to share with you guys today that um, we found or discovered as a result of those survey results. So firstly, uh, approximately 25% of Renew Church Whangarei is unvaccinated, not including kids. So 25%, that's quite a significant proportion of our church family are unvaccinated. And uh, it's interesting because I've talked to many pastors uh, and, and pastors that have done similar surveys. We know one church that's almost all vaccinated. We know other churches that are very, very similar to us, uh, but that's a significant proportion, 25% um, of our church whanau are unvaccinated. Uh, secondly, for those who aren't currently attending a connect group, a significant number are open and interested to getting involved in a connect group, and I love that. Um, as you hear me sort of share more about our thoughts this morning, um, you'll understand why I'm loving that statistic so much, uh, because church is not just about the large gathering, it's about the smaller gathering and community as well. And thirdly, the great majority of both vaccinated and unvaccinated respondents do not want to separate um, into vaccinated and unvaccinated church 
gatherings. So that wasn't just the unvaccinated that were passionate about that, it was most of the vaccinated people as well. We just don't want to, to cause more division uh, as a church whānau. Uh, there's so much shaking out there, there's so much division, there's so much ugliness. Uh, so that is uh, what our heart is as well, and I'm just so uh, touched that most of you guys are, are feeling that way as well. So a few weeks ago, or was it a couple of months ago, I started on the, the Jesus-centric or, or COVID-centric versus uh, Jesus-centric series, and at the start of that, it was like, Simon, don't talk about vaccination, don't talk about mandates, don't, you know, just keep, just, just say what you need to say. Um, so I made a little bit of a deal with myself that I wouldn't actually mention any of those things, and I made it through a whole sermon um, without saying that, which I was so proud of myself. Um, but as time went on, then the mandates hit, and there was so much more... Um, Contention. I thought, wait a second, we just need to, to, to grab the bull by the horns and talk about this. So um, as, the, as the series progressed, I started actually getting a little bit more black and white on that. Um, and this all culminates into my heart this morning um, because I want you guys to, to know, Christian and my heart, um, why we've come to these conclusions and these decisions without beating around the bush, um, just to call a spade a spade and just sort of to let you know um, what our heart is what my heart is to lead this church forward. So first of all, I am vaccinated. I am a vaccinated pastor. Don't hate me for that. I just am. That's, that's it. Most of you guys probably would have understood that or guessed that anyway. I wasn't hiding that, although I wasn't you know, shouting it from the rooftops. Um, so what is my heart as a vaccinated pastor? Number one, to please God above all else. So Galatians 1 verse 10, this is what Paul says. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. We are called to serve people as leaders. We're not necessarily called to please people. We are called to please God. So uh, the, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, first and foremost, is to please God. Secondly, uh, my heart um, is to serve the flock that God has entrusted me to lead with integrity, passion, and unbiased love. Church has always been a community for the nobodies, for the outcasts, for the rejects, for the losers, where we come together and despite our diversity, we are one and we are united because we belong to Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. And that is totally my heart. But, but to lead you with compassion and with conviction and the best of my ability. So uh, the way I lead you um, may be different from another pastor who leads a different congregation that has got different needs um, in another part of the country or the world. Thirdly, my heart is to seek to honour the government authority or all authority that God has placed in my life. I still think that is worth saying. And if you want to know more about what I think and uh, what our church oversight thinks about um, authority, please look at the Jesus-centric um, series, series, uh, series. But that's important, to honour the authority God has placed in our lives. So as students, our teachers are the authority that God has placed in our lives. Um, our parents, uh, mum and dad, you know, we need to honour our parents. We need to honour our spiritual authority. We need to honour governmental authority. It doesn't mean we need to agree with them, but it does mean we honour them and it does mean we pray for them. Um, fourthly, lead a church that is salt and light and outward focused. Uh, to be a church that is sharing God's gospel, the good news, um, to this world that is broken. Uh, I, I don't often reply on Facebook now, but a couple of weeks ago I sort of felt I needed to because um, people that obviously didn't have a clue about Christianity and believers, they just sort of lumped us in with all the crazies. Um, and the hardcore conspiracy theorists, and it's like all oh, these people and the Christians. And, and I just felt like saying, 
not all Christians are like that, just saying. And um, then she sort of adjusted her, her post and said, well, actually, you're right, not all Christians are nutcases sort of thing. And, um, and you know, I, I don't think it's, it's right that the world is pointing the finger at believers and calling us space cadets. Um, as you go on, and, and as I share in the book of Acts, um, the, the early church, they had the favour of all the people. And including people that didn't believe in Jesus, they were favoured people. They, 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 there was something about them that had a lot of integrity and had a lot of credibility. And lastly, I want to look back on this time and not regret the decision I made for the rest of my life. Um, because it's a volatile time. And uh, so as a result, uh, Christy and I have been praying a lot. The, the oversight team have prayed a lot about this and, and, and talked to a lot of people and discussed. And, um, so that's my heart. Um, you guys hopefully know our heart. I'm, I'm really saddened. Um, and it actually grieves me that I'm seeing online now a lot of people because they don't agree with the decision their pastors are making during this time. They're just crucifying them online, eh? And that is not okay. That is not okay. Um, you know, many pastors are campus pastors, so they are under the authority of um, their, their, their national leader, their, their national apostle. Um, so they are doing what they're being told, what they uh, feel that is the right thing to do. Um, and a lot of us, we, before God, are, are feeling this is the decision that we've got to make. So uh, I, hopefully the, the, the history that I have with you and with Christy, uh, we have with you, you know our heart by now. Um, and you may disagree, that's okay, but, but please don't get ugly about this. Um, I urge us, uh, as the body of Christ, let's um, show the world that Jesus is real by our love for one another, even if we don't agree um, with each other. So, going back to the church at the very beginning, Acts 2, which is really the blueprint that Jesus has left us um, as to how to do church the way God wants us to do church. And um, I think this works with every generation and every age. So I'm just going to read it through and unpack it as I go. Acts 2 verse 42. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. What we have got to understand, what the church is uh, and how these people function, they were devoted to a community of believers not just a gathering of believers. And there is a big difference. The early church, they devoted themselves to a community of Jesus followers. They didn't just devote themselves to a gathering. As I go along, I'm thinking maybe we've, we've overemphasized perhaps the gathering a little bit too much. Maybe a blessing in disguise of this time is that We've got the opportunity to get back to, to New Testament Christian community, not just Christian gathering. Um, a deep sense of awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. The church has always been a place where the love and the power, the supernatural power of God has been demonstrated. This is God's blueprint for New Testament church. And we do call people up the front to, to have supernatural ministry at the end of almost every service. But I think God's plan is for it to go a little bit further than that. For us to actually live supernatural lives, daring to believe that we serve a God of miracles. Therefore, we can believe for miracles every day of our life. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. There was unity and there was equality 
in diversity. They fellowshiped as one body. So as I shared a few, a couple of months ago, you had Jew and non-Jew coming together. Like for the first time, you had uh, women and men being seen as equals. You had slaves and free people coming together. Um, you had different social statuses coming together. It had never really happened before. You had the rich and the poor coming together. And that's what made the church absolutely beautiful and a living miracle that all these people from different walks of life um, could come together and could demonstrate powerful unity. Again, this is God's blueprint for church. Out of the generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. They were incredibly generous and comp incredibly compassionate. Very, very generous. They would give a lot more than 10%, I would imagine. Just saying. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. So it was the big church gathering in the temple courts and it was the small church gathering as well. Um, church, renewed church is not just what we're doing now. Hopefully it should be a lot more than that. And as we see there's a twofold understanding of this. Church community equals large gatherings and it includes smaller gatherings as well, what happened um, after the stoning of Stephen? That's with rocks. He was stoned with rocks. We've got to say that in this day and age. Um, they threw rocks at him and he died, and a great persecution hit the followers of Jesus, and they couldn't meet publicly anymore. Um, but the church still survived, it not just survived, it thrived in smaller gatherings as well. Um, which I find is incredible. Throughout all the, everything that the enemy throws at the church, no matter how this world is, is working, the church can still function strong and bright, which I love. The large, I said that, uh, they shared meals with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were joyful and they were humble. They put each other first. They were kind. They were loving. They weren't, agitated. They weren't contentious. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favour of all the people. So they were continually filled with praises for God. There was a celebration culture. They loved it loud. And they didn't have PAs and amplifiers back then, but um, if you've ever been in, in, in a well, we have in 2010, a Messianic Jewish believers and singing, man, they are loud. They are, they are energetic. They dance, they shout, they praise. And that's just what it should be like for New Testament believers. So they were a uh, celebration culture. And I love this. It says, they enjoyed the favour of all the people. That's, that's available for us if we do this right. Um, even though this world may hate us and even though this world may disagree with us, there's something supernatural about if we do this right as a community of believers that people will favour us, that people will want what we've got, that people will be drawn to, to who we worship and, and who we represent. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life or those who were born again. And I love that because there is always a passion 
in us to, to see people give their lives to Jesus because we love people. Um, and that, and that's, that needs to be there. But I think sometimes we can become a little bit striving and uh, perhaps become a little bit condemned that we're not seeing more of that. And this says it's the Lord that adds to the number those who are being saved. So I don't think necessarily that evangelistic programs or projects save souls, although they, they can. It's evangelistic people, um, and it's God co-partnering with us and God adding to us and God bringing the increase, which really, when you think about it, it takes all the striving, it takes all the condemnation out of it. Uh, if we are living the way that Jesus has called us to live um, as a family of believers, then he's going to smile upon us and he's going to bring increase. But he may probably ask us to co-partner with him in that. So that's how the early church functioned. That's the blueprint we have for church. I do really believe that that will work uh, a couple of thousand years later in, in our culture and in, in our context. And I'm daring to believe that we can. Uh, be a church family that is not just about the gathering, but we are definitely about the community. So with all that in mind, um, what are the options that are available to us as we move into the traffic light system? We have three options as I see it. First of all is uh, to go for the civil disobedience route or route, and I don't feel that that's the way for our church to go. Um, so that's out, that's off the table. Um, so it brings us to two of them. Segregated or separated gatherings, which is the, the vaccinated service um, only, because if we do that, we can have the larger gatherings, um, and the, the unvaccinated service, which no matter what you say, that is segregated gatherings, and that just does not sit well with me at all, which leaves us to really the only option we have uh, that we'll, we feel at peace with as a church oversight is to think outside the box. How can we do church well in this present crisis? Number one, the church has always been unique because of its diverse people being united in Christ. I just want to share a couple of passages of Scripture that really highlight this. Galatians 3 verse 26 says, you have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith immersed you into Christ, and now you are covered and clothed with his life. And we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Just throw that in there. Because we are all one through our union with Christ Jesus, we are one. We are one people despite our differences. And we need to remember that and we need to fight for that and celebrate that. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 4, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, this is what Paul is saying, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Every single one of us as believers here, every single one of us that's watching or listening to this, we have been called by God. We have a calling upon our lives. God has called us for great things and He's encouraging us and Paul is begging us to live a life worthy of that calling. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love Make every effort to keep yourselves united 
in the Spirit, I think that is a really key sentence there. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So, I believe having segregated gatherings based on vaccination status will be unnecessarily divisive for our church family. I'll say that again because that's pretty, pretty heavy duty stuff right there. I believe having segregated gatherings based on vaccination status will be unnecessarily divisive for our church family. We have other options at this time available to us, we really have. Based on what we see in the book of Acts and the blueprint for how church should be functioning, we have other options. So let's think outside of the box. For me, you know, I've grown up loving the church gathering and uh, coming from a family that was so passionate about church, it felt like we were going to church gatherings like every day of the week almost, felt like that. Um, and we've We've lived that, Christy and I, with our kids. And as you know me, I, I talk about loving the church gathering all the time. But there are other ways now, and we need to be thinking outside the box. So a much better alternative to vaccinated and unvaccinated services is to cease large gatherings for now and gather in homes on Sundays united under a strong united vision and united church leadership. This, in my opinion, um, and our oversight team, and in the opinion of many of you guys that responded to our survey, gives a far greater chance of preventing division. Now, we are living in a day where there is so much contention out there, um, on, online, on social media, uh, everywhere. There is so much division. It's just, and I just think, wouldn't it be amazing um, as a church family that we re-role model unity, the complete different thing uh, for a time, no matter how long it takes, to think outside the box and, and, and to fight and to role model and to celebrate unity during this time. So the church has always been unique because of its diverse people being united in Christ. Secondly, maybe we as 21st century believers in the Western world have overemphasized and relied upon the large Sunday gatherings and not fully embrace the community life that Jesus always intended. Now, this probably is the one point that has challenged me so strongly. The early church met in large and small gatherings, but when persecution hit, when they were unable to meet in large gatherings, gathered in small gatherings only. I'm not saying that what we're going through is persecution, by the way, at this point in time, because, I mean, it's, it's across the board, secular and religious um, events, but it was a crisis. They couldn't meet in large gatherings, uh, but they gathered in small meetings only. In this context and with obvious restrictions, the church flourished and multiplied. Maybe many New Zealand churches have overemphasized and relied upon the large gathering more than we should have, and that's me being quite open with my heart. I, I love this. Um, and, and I'm a Kiwi, you know, I think Kiwis, um, the caricature of a Kiwi is we like being independent. There's a little bit of a rebellious side about us. We, you know, we, we're out for ourselves. Uh, but in the context of church in the New Testament, it was community. It wasn't just gathering. Uh, they joined with other believers. They did life together. They journeyed uh, together when they couldn't meet in the large gathering then they started meeting in homes, in smaller gatherings, and the church continued to multiply. 
God knows what He's doing. And I'm not saying we just flag large gatherings altogether. I want to do as much as possible, continue with this. But I'm just asking us to, to, to think outside the box a little bit to how we see church and what we see community as, because it is so much more than this. It is so much more than, than a large gathering. So outside the box, the current crisis may provide the opportunity to return to balance church community and body ministry. Now, I was thinking along these lines and I was so encouraged to now start to hear from other pastors and the letters that they are sending out to their churches that, that a lot of us are actually starting to think the same thing. Maybe there is a silver lining in all of this crazy traffic light COVID thing and, and time that we're living in. Maybe God is wanting to bring back a balance to the Western church that we may have lost a little bit. Maybe we have overemphasized and relied too much on the large gathering. We come to church on a Sunday, it's like, yeah, I'm an awesome Christian because I came to church three out of four times and I serve coffee in my, once a month and that's, I'm doing it. This is Christian community. No, it's not Christian community. It's like being committed to a gathering and that's good. But church is so much more than that. And maybe this is providing an opportunity for us to, to come back to New Testament community church belief. And if we do that, I am daring to believe that God is gonna release something in the New Zealand church that maybe we haven't seen in a long time. And I'm excited about that. Now just, just the plain logistics of a large gathering, we, we can't minister to one another really. Um, we can't have like open prophecy times. Oh, we sort of can, but usually they're just a, a huge logistical nightmare. Uh, and because of safety and because of, 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 of you know, all the boundaries and stuff, we just can't do that. But in smaller groups, all that is possible. And not only possible, it's encouraged by the Bible. And we can see each one of us starting to minister on a level perhaps we've never, we never have in our life before. And maybe God is out of all of this, I'm not saying he's, um, you know, obviously he's allowing it. I don't think he created this. Uh, but maybe this is the opportunity that we can grab a hold of, that, that God's going to do something supernatural and amazing in this time. So that's what I'm grabbing a hold of. So what will Renew Church look like under the traffic light system under red? We're going to live stream with a small team from church on Sunday mornings, uh, specifically aimed at home Gatherings. There's going to be a lot of organizing and a lot of logistics, but we are going to, to somehow organize Renew Church into gatherings all over the city on a Sunday morning of house churches. We're going to call them lounge churches because I love that name and it's pretty original. Mobilize Renew Church to meet in homes to watch the live stream. Um, so we're going to do um, worship live and hopefully everyone in lounges are going to, going to go along with that. I'm going to preach for about 15 minutes or so and then everyone involved in, in the lounge groups are going to have discussion and then move on to ministry and praying for one another. Um, Holy Spirit times, I'm so excited about that. Kids Church will still function in a separate part of, of the site on Sunday mornings. And we, we really want um, to honour our, our kids and to, because they're the ones that miss out when you think of, okay, we're just going to do adult large gatherings. But there is no restrictions the way we see it on, on kids meeting together. So we're going to continue Kids Church here on a Sunday morning. Um, obviously, with all of this, we're going to get more of the details out as we go along. And we're going to do monthly combined outdoor gatherings if possible as well. Um, and I'm not even sure if, if there are limits to that at the moment. But man, I'm just going to say, we're going to baptize such and such at this beach at this time. 
feel free to do what you, what you want with that information. <laughs> and the orange, it'll be very similar, but we will open up the gatherings for 50, I think, plus. So that's what it's going to look like. Um, it's going to be very, very different. <clears throat> My voice is breaking. At long last, it's going to be very, very different. But it's, this too shall pass. It's going to be for a short time. And let's dare to believe and commit to something just bigger than a gathering. So in conclusion, and if I could have the band up, please, it would be great. May we all have open hearts to embrace genuine Christian community as seen in the book of Acts. May we all be willing to step up and say yes to what God asks us. Now, this is a time where we are called to step up and, and maybe uh, commit to something a little bit different to what uh, we've been committed to so far. I'm asking that for all of us. May we be willing to remain generous with tithes and offerings. Although we're not going to be doing the largest service, we are still going to be working a lot behind the scenes with training and with Zoom and with getting all the, the leaders together and upskilling everyone and providing um, a lot of pastoral care. Because that's the thing, when you think about, oh, just gathering together in homes, that's great, but what about people um, that haven't got close um, social circles within our church? What about people that haven't got the transport? Um, so we're going to be working through all of that in coming weeks. Um, may we all believe that Renewed Church will be more passionate for Jesus and more effective in Jesus' mission in the coming months than we ever have before. And may we dare to believe that multiplication is possible through this all. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.com.